bless God. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Bless his name. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I love you all with the love of the Lord, and I'm excited about today. We are just um, now two days away from the election of 2020, pivotal election of our time, and uh, I thought someone who blessed us with his wisdom and led us uh, through the civil rights era uh, might have something to say about voting. So I want you to hear uh, the one and only Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. These are challenging times. The division and frustration are palpable. The balance is constantly shifting. The lines consistently blurred Truths, half-truths, lies, mixed messages, confusing headlines, all in the middle of a nation whose back has been broken. Hope is drowned out by fear. Peace is muted by chaos. Dreams are crushed by reality. Finding God in the midst of this moment is difficult. As the election draws closer, countless voices will try to sway you one way or the other. Yet your responsibility is simple. Pray earnestly. Seek God passionately. Listen carefully and vote how he leads you. God is sovereign. He always has been. He is faithful. He always will be. And nothing, absolutely nothing happens outside of his providence. This is where we find peace in this moment. Suffice it to say that we stand in one of the most momentous periods of human history. And in these days of emotional tension, 
when the problems of the world are gigantic in extent and chaotic in detail, all men of goodwill must make the right decisions. And on Tuesday, one week from today, the people of this nation must decide whether they want America to remain true to the great words of the Founding Fathers. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights, and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We must decide whether those words will be firmly etched into the structure of our nation, or whether we will allow our nation to be relegated to a second-rate power in the world with no moral voice. We must decide next Tuesday whether America will take the high road of justice and peace and compassion for the poor and underprivileged, or whether this nation will tread the low road of man's inhumanity to man, of injustice, of short-sightedness. Each of us has a moral responsibility if we are of voting age and if we are registered to participate in that decision. I come here to urge every person under the sound of my voice to go to the polls on the 3rd of November and vote your convictions. Now I know you are intelligent people. And I don't need to tell you who you should vote for. I don't have any fear about that. You know who to vote for. I'm just asking you to vote. Now, just if you need, very seriously, never before in the history of our nation, as a candidate for the presidency, taken such a negative stand on the demands of our Judeo-Christian heritage for justice, an understanding goodwill and compassion for the poor and peace. And so all men of goodwill will go to the polls on November the 3rd. And I hope we will have a great day in our nation so that when we wake up on the 4th of November, we will know that America has made the right decision. My word. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity. Speak unto us. Share enough of thyself with me that I can hide behind it, that the people will see more of thee and less of me, and that the light of your cross may come shining through. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to take a text this morning, strange text for some of you, but stay with me for just a few minutes that I have before you to offer this word. Acts chapter 1, I'm going to deal with verses 15 through 26, but I'm going to read some of the text during the sermon. So I'll only read verse 15, and then I will skip down a, a little bit, and we'll read the end of that section. Verse 15 says, and in those days... 
Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples altogether. The number of the names was about 120. I mean, you read verse 16 and said, Men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. Drop down for the last part of this. Pick it up with me in uh, verse 23. And they proposed to Joseph called Barsabas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell that he might go to his own place. And they cast their lots, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. For the next few moments, I want to preach from this theme, whatever happens is going to be all right. Whatever happens, it's going to be all right. What's interesting is we're in the midst of election season, but this is not a season like normal. We are also in the midst of a pandemic. We're also in the midst of racial reckoning. We're also struggling to understand how it is that interactions that should be mundane end up in the death of young black and brown people. We're also in the midst of trying to figure out what's going to happen, whether there'll be a vaccine or whether the new therapies will work for everyone, we yet don't know. We're in the midst of a chaotic situation. Coupled with that, trying to practice social distance, trying to wear your mask wherever you are too close to other people, now we need to go on Tuesday and stand in line and vote unless you were wise enough to get an absentee ballot, in which case, if you have not sent it in, you should drop it off at your local town hall. What happens to us right now is we are in the midst of electing someone who will take us through this pandemic. If Dr. Fauci is to be believed, we might be 2022 before we get fully clear of this pandemic which means we're going to have to get used to wearing masks. We're going to have to get used to face coverings for at least a little while longer. We'll have to get used to doing it. We'll have to get used to social distancing. And that's not easy. All of this is going on while other health crises are still in place. Last month, we celebrated Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And just because the pandemic came did not mean that women needed to stop getting mammograms or people in general. It doesn't mean that other ailments weren't coming up. Just because the pandemic came didn't mean that heart disease left. It did not mean that diabetes was ended. So added to the pandemic panic is just the normal routine care for the sick. Those who with pre-existing conditions who may not be covered depending on who may rest reside in the White House. It is interesting where we stand right now. And you can't help even at the best of us 
to have some trepidation as we get towards Tuesday because you hear things like pride boys just lay back and wait as if they are to be put on signal to act. You hear things about voter intimidation. You hear places all around some communities where voter suppression is going on, polling places have been shut down, and lines have been as long as six hours to get to vote. You hear now they're trying to figure out a way to stop voting from happening. So that at a certain time, if you haven't voted already, well, oh well, we don't get your vote. Or we can throw out votes because your signature has changed since you were 25. Now you're a little older and your signature has a little movement to it it didn't have before. Well, you keep living and see if your signature doesn't change. The reality is that this season is one that can give you a little bit of, uh, what, what they used to use that, ajana. You, you can at least get a little bit queasy in the belly. You can at least feel a little something, something, somewhere. So how do we deal with that, knowing that we must vote, vote your conscience, whatever that is, we, knowing that we must vote, knowing that we need to be a part of this system, knowing that we have to do what we have to do because we need the officials elected both locally and nationally, because don't forget, all politics starts out local, as Tip O'Neill used to say. The reality is that we need something to happen. And I thought I would give you some advice this morning, based completely on the scripture, of course, because I don't need to make it up. The reality is that when the disciples got together to go into the upper room, there was unfinished business to deal with. There were 11 apostles, and there were a number of people, men and women, who went to the upper room, but they only had 11. And if they were to sit on the 12 thrones and judge the, the, the children of Israel, the tribes of Israel, they needed at least 12 to complete the number. What do we do? We have to get at least one more apostle to the core group. We need to add someone, and of course, impetuous Peter takes over his leadership role and he begins to speak out to everybody else. He begins to tell them what he thinks would be the best plan. Of course, they think they are amenable to his ideas and his thoughts, and he gives them a way to go forward, a way that ensured that not only would they be able to handle what they had to handle, but they'd be able to go into the next phase of life and progress into what God was calling them to. They did four things in preparation for the selection of a new apostle that assured their peace with the outcome. They did four things that assured their peace with the outcome. You need to recognize that there may be some things you have to do in order to maintain your peace. What they did was they realized that there are some steps we need to take in order to get everybody on the same page, in order to get everybody into the same position and in the same mindset. And the first thing they did as they made their preparation, number one was they reflected on the past. They reflected on the past. Now this is imperative here 
Peter offered an honest observation about the situation that brought them to the election. He offered an honest observation. It was, it was just straight up, cold-blooded, straight cut to the gut, ain't gonna pull no punches, gonna tell you the dirty, show enough, show enough truthers. I'm gonna give it to you down and dirty. You need to know what went on. And then he begins to blow up the spot. He does not try to act as though what happened didn't happen. He doesn't try and act as though he wasn't really one of us so we don't know who he was. You know, some people always act like when they got a friend that messes up, I don't really know them. No, no, Peter, straight up, I'm just going to be the truth. Unvarnished truth. Here it is, verse 16. Look at verse 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. Watch what he says. He said, men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered with us and obtained a part of the ministry. He said, look, I'm going to be honest. He was one of us. And he had a part in the ministry, unvarnished truth. If anybody don't like it, I'm being upfront about it. Here's our truth here. Verse 18, now this man purchased the field with the wages of iniquity. He's referring now to the 30 pieces of silver he took from the priest. He, he said, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle and all of his entrails gushed out. He died and in his death, his bowels gushed out of him, beginning from the center of his body and gushed out of him. And it became known to those dwelling in Jerusalem so that the field is called in their own language a keldama, that is the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms that his dwelling place be desolate and let no one live in it. He, 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 he straight up, and then the last part of that verse says, and let another take his office. No, no, notice, he's straight up, he, he looks at the past. He, he, he's honest about what has taken place. I need you to do something for yourself. I don't need to do it. I don't need to do it here. But you need to take a look at the two people who stand before you and look at the past. And don't try to clean it up. Don't, don't try to change it. Don't try to change the fact that someone would call Mother Africa full of S-hole countries. Don't try to change that. Don't try to change the fact that they put children in cages and separated from their parents to the fact that we have over 500, close 600 children right now, Latino brown babies who have not been able to be placed back again with their parents who have already been shipped back to Venezuela and Ecuador and El Salvador and all around the world and they don't have a place for these children. No, no, we don't want to say about that. We don't want to say about that. We don't want to say about that. We don't, say we don't want to say anything about anything, but you need to think about, just think about some stuff. Think about some stuff. You need to be unvarnished, straight up about the past. Just look at it, whatever that is for you. Uh, he, he is raw in that he doesn't even hide the fact of how Judas died. I'm going to tell you straight up, he died. And he died a miserable death. Now, I don't know about you, but... Um, I, I've never been one to, to like to talk about people after they're dead. I usually kind of just, oh, well, you know, they're all right. God bless them. I, I can find something good to say about anybody, you know. But Peter was just straight up. Here it is. 
He did everything but call him a no good hush puppy. And it might have been in there, I just can't interpret his Hebrew. You, you have to understand that what he says is straight up. There's some stuff that's been going on. And at some point in your life, you need to spend a moment here when you're making decisions to reflect on the past. You've got to reflect on the past. Now, 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 now you, 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 you number, number two, number two. He, they reasoned in the present. They reason in the present. Now, this is important. This is important. This, this works for me. I, I, I feel like I'm going to preach a little bit here in a minute. Listen, they didn't waste time lamenting the absence of Judas or saying we'll wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. They knew it was time to make a move to be at full numerical strength. They, they didn't, we ain't going to waste time talking about what was. We're going to make a move now so that we can be where God wants us to be, at full numerical strength. No, we're not going to talk about that no more. We ain't, no, I ain't going through that with you. I'm not going to be worrying about that. No, uh-uh, mm -mm. I ain't going there. Can I say it another way? This might help somebody here. Listen, listen, I can't go back and talk about, well, I wish so-and-so had made it. Or I, my, my preference was so-and-so. I, I, I wish this one had been there. And I'm more left than this one. Or I'm more centered than that one. I wish this one was younger. I wish he was this age. I wish, I wish Hillary was getting a second. I, no, 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 we don't have time for all that. You need to reason with what the real deal is. This is the present moment that we're living in right now. He said, we have to deal with what we have. Watch this. Y'all think I'm making it up, but it's in the text. Verse 21 through 23. Therefore, these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And they proposed two names. And they put those names together, Joseph and Barsabas. In other words, he said, we have what's here. So whatever we're going to get is going to come out of what's here. Preach was. Listen, listen. I don't need to waste time talking about who you really, really wanted. Because really, really wanted ain't going to happen now. What we need to do is take what we have here. Ooh, you preaching the day was. Listen, and what we have to do is say reason within the present. It is too often that people get stuck thinking about other stuff and wishing and lamenting and worrying and well, well I'm not going to participate at all. My person didn't get in. I was with so-and-so. I don't care at this stage. The alternative, if that's your flavor, go with your flavor. But you need to make sure you participate. They reason in the present. This is what we have, and these are what we, because a part of the job of apostle is to witness to the resurrection. And they were eyewitnesses to the move of God from the beginning of his baptism to his resurrection. And they needed to be participants so they could move and be witnesses. Number three. I'm going to try and get done. I'm almost out of time, but showing you out of word. Number three, get here. They responded in prayer. They responded in prayer. We, we got these two people here. What we going to do? We got two in front of us. The first thing they said is, we going to pray. 
Let's pray. Listen to what the text says. Verse 24 and 25. And they prayed and said, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. That is, that he might go to the place of his own choosing by the fact that he's done what he's done. If that means Hades, that's his, his choosing, that he might go to his own place. He didn't want to have his lot with us. He can go to his own place. He can go to there if he wants to. Y'all come on back to church. I'm preaching now. Listen, they prayed, and I want to tell you something. You all, every one of us need to pray like everything depends on God. But we need to work and vote like everything depends on us. We need to pray. God, we want you to move. God, we want you to do it. God, work it out. I thank you for, for working within the atmosphere. I thank you that there'll be no weapon formed against us that can prosper. God, I thank you for fair and free. Whatever fair and free means, I thank you that no encumbrances will get in the way, that voter suppression will cease. And if it does not cease independently, I thank you for giving wise counsel to those who can put it to a stop and bring it to naught. I thank you for bringing those to justice who would seek to suppress the vote of the poor and the needy and the under. I thank you even now for liberating. Oh my God, you get the point. They responded in prayer. But then number four, but then number four, here's the thing that caught my eye. I shared this with my wife the other night. I said, baby, I said, I, I, I can't use this text. It, it, this text don't work right. I said, don't work right. There's a problem with the text. And she said, what is it? I said, the problem with the text is that in verse 26, it says they cast lots. And the lot fell on Matthias. I said, oh, baby, that don't, that don't, that don't sound right. It don't sound like they're rolling them bones. It don't, it don't sound right, just didn't. And then it hit me all of a sudden like a lightning bolt. Because what it says here is that they relied on providence. Come on, I'm a preacher saying this. Why? They relied on providence. What do you mean, Reverend? I mean, they were willing to say, Lord, we have these two here that we've selected. Now, God, you give us whichever one you want. I don't care. Whoever draws the straw, 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 that's our man. Doesn't matter which one it is. God, I just trust that the right one will be in place no matter what happens in this situation. God, I believe that it's going to be all right. Oh, watch. What are you talking about? Well, in other words, what they said is, I'm not going to worry about something I can't fix no way. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do the best I can, and I'm going to trust God that it's all going to be all right. Let me, let me give you Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 says this, Colossians 1, 16, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on, the, on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. Rulers were created through him and for him. And so God, whatever happens here, I'm not going to get upset 
about it. I got my druthers. I know where I wanted to be. I would like certain things to take place. I need change to happen, and I'm going to vote the change I want to happen. But God, whatever happens, regardless of the ugliness of the past, whatever happens, regardless of the uncomfortableness in this present moment, regardless of the uncertainty in the future. Let me do it again. You got it now, regardless of the ugliness in the past, regardless of the uncomfortableness in the present, regardless of the uncertainty in the future. Oh, wait a minute, hold on. When it's over, guess what the disciples gonna do? We went back to the upper room. Let me get it close here. See, when it was all over, they're going back to the upper room because they recognize something that it doesn't matter what happens here, God is still in control. It doesn't matter what happens on the earth realm, God is still in control. I'm going to the upper room, why? Because there's a promise in the upper room. There's promise in the upper room. There's power in the upper room. There's praise in the upper room. Whatever it is, whatever happens, it's going to be all right because I'll do my part, but God will take care of the rest and I trust God and my peace is assured because I don't care who sits in the White House, who sits in the state capitol, who sits in Congress, who sits on the Supreme Court, who sits in the Senate. It doesn't matter. You can't touch what God has blessed and God is still in control. Whatever happens, it's going to be all right. 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 Every head bowed, every eye closed. God, we thank you. We pray that you bless us. We ask that you would speak afresh to us. Help us to understand that we have from you a mandate to do our part but we also have from you a mandate to trust you that it's going to be alright because you promised that you'd never leave us nor forsake us and we know you won't do it now be with us even now give us strength and fearlessness that we walk by faith and not by sight, knowing that everything is going to be all right. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to give an opportunity to someone today. You've heard the word. You've heard the part of this worship. I want to give you a chance to, if you desire to be a partner with us here at the Shiloh Ministry, I want you to become a partner with us. Join in with us. I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us at church, uh, at, uh, church uh, at Shiloh NL. 
uh, org. You can reach us, email us, text us, send us a phone call. Our numbers are very easy to get, 860-443-6046. You can just hit zero, go right into the, the main number, and they'll get you right to us. I want you to get in hold of us. We would love to hear from you right away because we know the Lord loves you and we love you already. Thank you for joining with us. Shiloh family, I want y'all to get ready to give right now. You know, we, we're still trying to hold on to what God is doing in this place. So join us. Get your giving together. Right now, you can join us in giving. There are not multiple ways to give. You can give right now by Cash App, by Givelify, or you can mail it into the church. I hope they put the giving ways up there. Thank you so much. Yeah. Cash app is Shiloh NL, uh, Givelify. It's easy to use the app. I, I recommend that you just go ahead and put us in there for a reoccurring gift. Put us in there to give regularly. Amen. I pray that you would think about your church. Some of you who have life insurance policies, think about leaving a gift to your church. Amen. Leave something to your church. Leave a legacy here with us. Join us in doing the work of God. We're holding on. We're still doing what God told us to do.